Join us today on Diving Deeper as we visit the NOAA Disaster Response Center. I'm your host, Kate Nielsen. Our guide for today's tour is Charlie Henry, who's joining us by phone. Charlie is the director of NOAA's Disaster Response Center. Hi, Charlie. Welcome to our show. Hi, Kate. Thank you for inviting me. So, Charlie, first, can you tell us briefly what the Disaster Response Center, also known as the DRC, what this is? Okay, the Disaster Response Center in many ways is a, a facility. It's a building that was built in Mobile, Alabama, and I'll tell you more about the center you know, as we go along. But it, really, I like to think of the program as two different parts. One is the resource that the center provides and the resource that the staff provide in addressing uh, emergency response issues in the region. The Disaster Response Center, which officially we call the NOAA Gulf of Mexico Disaster Response Center because of its physical location in the northern Gulf of Mexico. We look at the center as, as providing a physical asset, a hardened asset, and a resource for a federal response to a disaster. At the same time, the DRC provides a home for a group of folks that provide different types of support in planning for uh, emergency operations and building resiliency you know, to the northern Gulf of Mexico. And that's what I think of as the program elements to the Disaster Response Center. So on one hand, we have a very new high-tech hardened facility, 15,000 square foot, built to withstand Category 5 hurricane winds, has a Force 5 tornado shelter built into the facility. It's purposely built on high ground, so it's not in any risk or danger from storm surge or any flooding events. And it's designed and built to be able to withstand what hopefully is the worst that nature can, can dish out and be a physical resource to assist in the response to that disaster after the fact. And then second is the people that make up the DRC that work day to day uh, trying to look at building a better response posture, a better response community in the Gulf of Mexico. So the two together is what encompasses uh, what we call the NOAA's Gulf of Mexico Disaster Response Center. And why are you located in Mobile, Alabama? Mobile, Alabama was selected as the home for NOAA's Gulf of Mexico Disaster Response Center, primarily because of its central location along the northern Gulf of Mexico coastline. Uh, if you took a, an X and made an X kind of dead center across the northern Gulf of Mexico coast, you'd be pretty close to where Mobile, Alabama is. And Mobile, Alabama also was an area that was fairly void of a lot of other NOAA resources, so it fills a gap in our continuous coverage across the Gulf of Mexico. So, Charlie, you touched on this a little bit there at the end of your last response, but why did NOAA need to have such a facility? Well, I think the question is actually even larger, is why did the federal government believe that they needed additional federal resources to plan for and to assist in disaster response. And, and this goes back to the, the history of the, the NOAA Disaster Response Center, and that after the 2005 hurricane season, it was identified that there was a need for additional federal resources in the Gulf of Mexico in the event of the next disaster. And we know that incidents such as Hurricane Katrina and Rita are going to reoccur. The, the history of the Gulf of Mexico is the vulnerability to hurricanes. So we knew that those, that those type of events would reoccur. And, and you kind of put it in perspective, why do we need something like a hard facility like the, the Disaster Response Center? After Hurricane Katrina, when we, when we responded, uh, most of us were working out of uh, tents or out of makeshift trailer facilities or anything that we could find 
to be able to set up and manage uh, you know different field command posts to uh, work on that federal response and that's in part because of the nature of a disaster when there's a disaster uh, a lot of facilities that may normally be available are no longer available having a hardened facility like the Gulf of Mexico disaster response center provides a resource that's available not just to NOAA NOAA owns it and maintains it, but we see it as a, a facility that we use jointly with our partners such as FEMA and the U.S. Coast Guard and the state of Alabama and other federal agencies to assist in response. That's a great segue to our next question. So the word disaster is part of the center's name. What do you mean by disaster? Are you focused solely on things like hurricanes? Uh, disaster is kind of a buzzword and really I like to think that we provide, in our thinking and planning, we look at all hazards, not just natural disasters such as hurricanes, uh, but also man-made incidents such as the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. But when you think of what, what is a disaster, incidents and accidents happen every day that have an impact to you know, a family, and to them, that's a disaster. So it's really a matter of scale or magnitude. When we think of disasters, we're thinking about events that have an impact to a series of communities, towns, states, uh, such as you would with a large event such as Hurricane Katrina or Rita or with um, a major oil spill such as the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. So when we think of disasters, we're really thinking of something that because of the, the scale and magnitude, it's impacting or exceeding what a local community could respond to and requires an intervention or the assistance of the state and the federal government to assist in that response and recovery activities. Charlie, I imagine that your daily operations at the DRC, that it, it changes leading up to and then of course following a storm. Can you tell us what the DRC looks like at this time? Well, on, you know, on today, actually, we have a, a training activity going on. We have a four-day workshop. It's being hosted by us, but it's actually being put on by the U.S. Coast Guard on incident command system, and this is how they manage uh, emergencies and disasters. Um, and so we have about 40 people that are actually running drills and activities as part of that training event in our big operations center and using the breakout rooms. It's set up pretty much as you would during a response because they're simulating that to do training in what's called the incident command system. So, so if you walked in today, you'd think there might be an event going on, but there isn't. It's just a training activity. Um, we do know that, you know, this time of year we're in the, the hurricane season, and we look at those storms and we look at what the potential trajectories may be of those storms and what might be the impact. And then as they get closer, usually three to four days out, we have a better idea of what might be at risk. And then the nature of the center may change because then we'll be activating a lot of our agreements with our partner agencies, such as the U.S. Coast Guard and others, on where we might pre be pre-positioning people and equipment to be in a, the right structure to manage those response operations after the fact. An example would be after Hurricane Isaac last year, which is actually right after we dedicated a new facility. Um, we provided support to the Coast Guard on the front end to relocate a lot of their assets to high ground, to have it in the right posture to respond. And then after, the, uh, after that tropical storm passed and the flooding events, we supported uh, a large amount of the FEMA recovery efforts directly within the facility house their people and, and manage, help them manage their operations. Uh, we were provide, primarily providing the host in that situation 
It was FEMA personnel, but we provided that environment for them to work in and do their job effectively. And Charlie, what can you tell us about your staff? The office side complex is actually very small. I only have a total of four staff, including myself. And then we have staff that are co-located within the center from other program offices, such as NOAA's Marine Debris Division, uh, National Marine Fisheries Restoration Center. And we have other staff that are programmed to come in. We want the, the co-located staff to reflect those folks across NOAA that are actively involved in planning for assisting during responses, and just as importantly, building that resiliency so that we have less issues in the future. And that's the ultimate goal of the center itself as far as staffing. It's those staff that are co-located here that work collaboratively together for the same goals. That's great. So it's a really unique position then that you all provide as that hub, and being that central facility that all of the right folks can come together. Yeah, and, and let me point out that I think that that is really what makes the Disaster Response Center kind of a unique entity, and that it is really never was thought of to be a program office on its own. It is really to provide that environment that we can have folks from different program offices and different line offices within NOAA and connections with other federal agencies that we work together for a common goal. So the program staff will always be small, but hopefully the impact connect to the larger response community will, will have a great effect. Thanks. Great, thanks. So Charlie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself maybe? How did you get to this position as the director for NOAA's Disaster Response Center? Um, well, I guess I did apply for it, but I think you're asking uh, <laughs> in a broader sense. Um, uh, actually, you know, I, I really feel fortunate to have this position in that I think it, it really builds upon my history working with NOAA uh, over the last 25 years. Um, my background um, is in, chem in chemistry and marine science, and, and I started out working with NOAA actually when I was at Louisiana State University as a, a scientist under contract to NOAA to respond to emergencies, and, and I worked spills such as the Exxon Valdez, uh, Kuwait oil well fires and, and many other disasters um, uh, as basically a, a contractor to NOAA. And, but I really loved NOAA. I thought NOAA was, the, was a great organization. And I was fortunate enough at the time a position opened up in the Gulf of Mexico for what is called the Scientific Support Coordinator. And the Scientific Support Coordinator is part of the Office of Response and Restoration. And their number one role is to be that frontline in the field support providing decision-making support and technical support to the U.S. Coast Guard and other federal on-scene coordinators during emergencies. And I did that for 13 years. And um, kind of as things moved along, I thought it was the best job in NOAA. In fact, I know it was the best job in NOAA, and I had never any thought or intent to change jobs, and I thought that was how I was going to continue my career within NOAA. And then there was an incident that happened called the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. And I was responded very quickly to the Deepwater Horizon. In fact, I was called probably two and a half hours after the initial explosion and went on scene working with the Coast Guard. And as the response grew and as the NOAA response, which was a critical element throughout the whole incident, grew, I really recognized that there was a real role in building a stronger and better response posture across NOAA. Not that we don't have a great team of scientists that do ex work that just blows my mind all the time, but I could see that role for 
that we can provide additional coordination and connections between different groups that we can leverage the expertise that we have with NOAA to apply it to different emergencies. And so through that process of working the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, where I had a huge NOAA, brilliant people doing things that just was, you know, just was exciting, um, the opportunity for the, the director for the Disaster Response Center opened up. And thinking about it, I thought a position that really we could have an impact. Because my real role, my real goal is to be able to have an impact that we do things better. And I always believe that you can always improve. And even though you can look back at the history of our organization and the history of response, we have a lot of things we can hang our hat on. Every time I look at it, I go, yeah, but we could do it a little bit better. And that's really what we do. We do that with our forecasting for hurricanes. We do that with the forecasting for tornadoes. We do that on how we provide forecasting for oil trajectories. We do that on how we coordinate with different agencies to build that better response and better educated uh, response community. And I saw that the center, the DRC, is a real opportunity that could add value to activities that were already going on and build upon the successes that we'd already had in NOAA and how NOAA connects to our other federal partners. And saw that it was a vehicle to really expand and improve across, you know, not only the Gulf of Mexico, but that we have as far as building a response posture across the United States. And, and so I applied for the job and I was fortunate enough to get it. And I've been the director now for almost two years and we're coming along and building a program to do just that. Thanks, Charlie. What an amazing career you've had so far. You mentioned earlier that the DRC may host trainings, kind of like what you have going on this week. And I wanted to find out more how your facility is set up for these kinds of trainings. That's a good question. Um, one of the things that we look at is trying to create an environment that's very conducive to provide that training. Our main training facility is actually also the our operations center. And we think that you basically respond as you train. So doing training in an operating center type environment we think is a very good thing and very conducive to the activities we do. It's also a very flexible space. We have a very large room with adjacent breakout rooms and adjacent conference rooms. It has ability to connect to, you know, to the internet all through the facility so that we're, we're very well wired. We also have, which I think is very unique, is that we have a 24-screen video display system on one wall that provides, during operational events, a situational awareness wall. But at the same time, during training events, it provides a very valuable asset to assist in training. We can have multiple screens showing different types of information, feeding a variety of information. But my goal is, and my vision is, is that being the hub, being kind of a center hub that we coordinate a lot of these activities, whether it's a actual disaster where we're actually linking in uh, different elements within the, you know, NOAA and other federal agencies so that we can make sure that we're on the same page on what the threats are and how we're responding to those threats, that that same technology we can use to then link people together in training environments and training uh, venues whether it's drills or even you know just training activities such as a, a lecture series of, of, or whatever, but build that almost as good as being there in person type of feeling to make that very effective. And that's a very big challenge. So let's do a little training right now for our listeners as part of this visit to the Disaster Response Center. Given that we are in hurricane season, what advice can you give folks to help us all better prepare before the storm? 
Well, that's the simple one, in that always have a plan. <laughs> I mean, people sometimes let you know the uh, oncoming storm get uh, get ahead of them, but the number one thing that anyone can do is always have a plan. And the plan's not just for themselves and their immediate family, but you need to plan also for your pets and plan for your property. Kind of the golden rule in emergency response is you want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. And that applies to every member of the public as well. If they have a good plan, if they safely put themselves in a location that they're safe, they're protected, then that doesn't take resources away from the other response needs. And so that's the number one thing to do is that you have to look at having a plan in advance. Finally, Charlie, to close out our episode for today, what do you want to leave folks with? What do you want us to remember about the Disaster Response Center? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think what I want people to leave is that the Disaster Response Center is a state-of-the-art facility, um, but it's just a facility. It's a resource that we hope will add value when there is an event that we can make a difference because I want to make a difference, and that's what NOAA does. We try to make a difference. But what I think you need to think about the Disaster Response Center is that it's a concept of pulling people together from different groups with a common goal of trying to build a better response community and a better response posture so that the end result is that we have more resiliency and less impact from storms. And that's our ultimate goal is to build a resilient community that when there's a threat from hurricanes or other disasters that we're prepared for and that we weather those storms and that we recover with the least amount of threat to the public and to property and the environment. Thanks, Charlie, for joining us today on Diving Deeper as we explored NOAA's Disaster Response Center. To learn more, please visit oceanservice.noaa.gov slash hazards slash DRC. That's all for today's show. Remember, if you have questions on this episode or the National Ocean Service in general, you can contact us at nos.info at noaa.gov. And if you're on social media, don't forget you can find us. It's U.S. Ocean Gov on Facebook, Flickr, and YouTube, and NOAA Ocean on Twitter and Pinterest. Please join us for our next episode in two weeks.